yo, 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 Joe. Happy New Year 2024. This is episode 307 of G.I. Joe Berg. My name is Stephen. We've decided to entitle this one Havoc for reasons that will become very, very clear. I'm not alone, of course, on this adventure with me. I've got my fellow South African compatriots, fans of G.I. Joe. First up, it's Paul. Hey, Paul. Hey, everybody. <laughs> yeah, Happy New Year's. Welcome to 2024. And yeah, we're trying out something new and different, and I'm pretty excited about this one today. And who else Who's is with we? us today? <laughs> oh, well, G.I. Joburg, of course. The love and scoopful, Robert Lee. What up, brother? Hey, guys. Welcome to New Year. Happy New Year. I hope you all had a good Christmas. Steve, Steven's still having a good Christmas. That tree is going strong. It's lit. It's So our resolution for 2024 was to once again instate reinstate the weekly gi joeberg podcast we'll be doing a live show every alternate week and every other week than that we'll be doing a pre-record where we get to talk just the three of us about a mm. specific toy and mm. on the slab if you were paying attention to the episode title is the havoc a vehicle yes. oh, the pulverizer of, oh poor paul uh, rob hasn't ticked tick that box just yet he's, a little bit he's dying to <laughs> but as of Christmas 2023, we each possess this infamous oh. vehicle from 1986. Mm. We each have our very own Havocs. <laughs> <laughs> of course, there are some minor differences between it can our three. It can. can. It is, I love that this car can drift. I mean, it's thanks. it's an acronym, fellas. Yes, and, heavy um, attack vehicle of chaos. <laughs> How did you know? How did you know? I just knew it. I, I looked at the falcon, I guess. The heavy Blue. attack vehicle of chaos. I'm, I'm rolling with it tonight. Um, or this morning, <laughs> or whenever you are listening to this fine podcast. Because as I say, this is a pre-record. We unfortunately do not have any live chat elements. But it'll allow us to plow through this vehicle or this steaming turd a little bit quicker. <laughs> turd? Uh-oh. Prepare to have some heated opinions on this episode. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now there's um, going to be a mass debate. Indeed. <laughs> But I think it might be useful to talk a little bit about this vehicle's uh, history, its inception into G.I. Joe. To do Oof. that, we'll be using some slides. So if you are watching the YouTube version, you're in for a treat. If mm. you're listening to the audio, we'll do our best to describe what's happening on screen. But the Havoc being in the 1986 series of G.I. Joe coincided with the epic five-parter that introduced that year's toys. Arise, Serpento, Arise. And it debuted in the first part, along with its driver, Cross Country, with some choice bit of dialogue. The mm. Joe High Command of the day, Flint, Beachhead, Duke, and the Top Man, Hawk, are inspecting the new equipment. And they're looking at Cross Country with some consternation, because he seems to be installing a tape deck into his havoc. Of course, Cross Country <sighs> says... That it's fine. Gotta rock that Freebird, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta rock some Freebird. And Beachhead calls him out on this fighting music, to which he replies, Yeah, every time I play it, somebody wants to punch me. Uh, 
<laughs> classic. Oh god. Not only do we get an introduction to the Havoc, but we get an introduction to Cross Country who unlike other G.I. Joe heavy equipment operators like Heavy Metal who don't seem to have too much character, this guy is he's a class act. I mean he, he, it, you can see why he got a focus episode and was only a vehicle driver, because he is very, very characteristic. We'll get into his mm. final card in a bit. Any memories you guys have associated with the Arise, Serpento, Arise appearances? Wow. Serpento, Arise. Serpento, Very high in that episode. Absolutely. King of the Havoc was kind of downplayed as a more background element. Like the Triple T got a lot more time to shine thanks to the Sarge being large and in charge, that mini mm. But I think we can all agree the Havoc's real animation moment to shine was in G.I. Joe, the movie, 1987. Mm -hmm. It yeah. was like the G.I. Joe tank, because obviously the mall had been cycled out of production by then. The Havoc you could still probably buy. So it was G.I. Joe's main battle wagon of the film and had amazing featured moments. The BET started Cross Country's Havoc. So Cross Country ah. goes charging through um, the snowy terrain after his vehicle. Only he goes cross country across. He does. Uh, attacked <laughs> by all the uh, Cobra forces in stuns, which seemed like the natural opponent to the Havoc. But we'll get into perhaps a potential second um, natural enemy, and maybe even a third. Uh -oh. But yeah, it gives rise to an epic battle in the snow. Havocs are being destroyed left, right, and center. The Joes are rushing to their vehicles in a desperate fight to try and um, yeah, bring the fight back to Cobra. Mm. So job climbs on one, it gets shot up, quick kick, climbs on another, and grabs hold of Snowjob. The uh, cannons seem to fire rocket-assisted uh, projectiles. I don't know if you, you see it actually animated, these red missiles coming out of the front of these cannons. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, beautiful sequence. Absolutely I gorgeous. Would... I mean, the movie showed it off so well. Like, good lord. Indeed. Which also like makes me wonder why there aren't variations of the havoc. Like there are so many, you know, they they took the snowcat, and they've done so many different color variations of the snowcat. But I wonder why they've never done that with the havoc. Why we only have the sky havoc and, well, the basic havoc, and I suppose, we also have the action force havoc, which I'm sure we'll get into a little bit later. But it's always been weird to me that we've never had like an Arctic version of the Havoc or a night version of the oh, Havoc. Oh, a night version would be amazing. It would be very cool. Um, I, I I don't know. It's just always like struck me as a bit odd. Uh, but then again, I suppose um, now I don't have to also own struck all me as a bit odd. Once we get into like the outskirts of Cobra Law and Roadblock is in the hover vehicle, so the mini vehicle that the Havoc detaches, He's got these two honking guns on either side, but he's still using his Mardus. Did you guys ever find that strange? I know I did. Nah, I, I didn't. do think it's. It is strange, but it's strange in a cool way. Hmm. Like, yeah. yeah, I, I think it's awesome. Gun. He knows what he he knows what gun he wants to use, you know, and he sticks with it. Mm. And the animation budget, of course, on the film was a lot higher, so we saw a lot more casings bullet casings coming out of the laser guns mm. uh, yes. but we're here to talk about the havoc gents which uh Ooh. sees a rather sticky end the the hands of nemesis enforcer but uh, just pouring over the details of the tank i mean 
we spoke, well, I just mentioned the, the animation budget being swollen for the movie. You can see so much more detail of this vehicle in this sequence. The moving track treads, mm. Nemesis Enforcer underneath it, and then piercing it with his elbow blades. Um, you see interior shots with Snowjob aghast. He's like, how the hell can anything penetrate the armor of this thing? <laughs> and there it is. And then getting ragdolled out of the bottom. It's a great sequence. That's a very cool sequence. And I also like that in the movie, it's all semi-articulated. You know, like, like the Havoc yes. is always like a loaf of bread. But here in the movie, it kind of does that, if you know what I mean. It's articulated. They, they put a joint in the middle in some of mm. the, the, the animation cells. I guess maybe the animators didn't fully comprehend the limitations of the toy. I mean, it says it's articulated, right, in the acronym. Mm. Um, is it? <laughs> well, no, they, I suppose they, they, they're trying to make sense of the fact that it has four treads. It's mm. a treaded vehicle where usually, obviously, with treads, you know, the way it would work is that depending on the way that they move, that's how you turn the vehicle, you know, like tank, you know, like a tank movement, tank controls. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I've still got and some, like, yeah, and? The other memorable sequence. How can we forget Chuckles? on the, mm -hmm. the sort of armor range at the controls of the Havoc. Wonderfully rendered controls as well. Um, and he, of course, misses the Cobra Hiss tank with the sort of weapon systems of the, the Havoc, those front machine guns, and decides to hell with this beachhead. I'm gonna pop you off the canopy, run up alongside, <laughs> detach the rear-facing ordnance, and just <laughs> throw it at the Hiss tank. Cover. So in character for for chuckles, you know, definitely yeah. brings out the details of the character from his file card for sure. Yeah, definitely like enjoy standing out in the crowd, you know. Mm. Yeah. So strong. Although, although, uh, so as we were warming up uh, before the episode, we were talking about the Jack Reacher TV series, and I'm starting to feel like Chuckles does, in a weird way, could kind of look a bit like Jack Reacher. I mean, you could ah. look at him that way because he is kind of a burly dude. Well, and maybe uh, the author of the books was inspired by maybe the movie. He saw the movie and was like, "That guy's perfect for my new character." Or maybe he had Chuckles the figure, and maybe that inspired Jack Reacher. You know, we don't know. Well, I mean, the, the funny thing, I, I feel more that it's the movie because I mean, the the, the figure itself isn't really that imposing, you know, yeah. compared to the other figures. I'm. I'm pretty sure you you're on the money with the his digital rep I mean or his like media representation rather than uh his figure. Totally. So do you I'm think Lee sure. Child was like, oh that yeah, guy? Huge G.I. Joe guy. fan. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna write a story about that guy, but I'm gonna yeah. make it make sense. We're <laughs> 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 just being silly now. Yeah, Start as guy in terms of the cartoon appearances, guys. Were those the high water marks for the havoc? I think so. Off, off the bat, I can't think of any other appearances, really. Um, I feel like it was superseded by other vehicles that came out um, after that. I've always found the Havoc to kind of be, like, weirdly in the background. Yeah, uh, um, yeah it's, you, you, it's always kind of there, but it's also kind of not. It's weird. And, mm. and I'm struggling to remember, like, exact appearances. And I, I know I could have sat down and gone onto the online and gone famous appearances of the havoc on the show but i didn't want to do that because i felt that would have been disingenuous and would have been better for me to like recall that from memory um you know to see where it's made an impact and and that's the weird thing this this vehicle has made an impact but 
it's so hard to think of the one moment other than the movie that it has like mm. why do we why do we know this vehicle why do we know this exists why do i know that this exists before i knew that a toy of the night raven existed for example and that's that's the power behind it i don't think any other gi joe land vehicle was as prominently placed as the havoc in the cartoon uh, in the movie so if the movie was your animation touchstone that's where you knew the havoc from and that was it's it's cool if you were reading the comic book there was one strong feature its very first feature and then it does once again get shuffled into the background quite quickly uh it's an issue that features sergeant slaughter quite heavily it's entitled thunder machine and in this issue the havoc is introduced and as the title of the issue suggests it becomes the sort of natural enemy for the thunder machine of course they're released in the mm. same year and larry makes a very keen observation and one that we'll get into when we discuss the technicalities of the toy but neither the thunder machine nor the havoc can turn their main weapon systems yeah that's what <laughs> i'm saying so they both are driving alongside one another or they do a head-on pass with one another and drill each other and uh it's they fight each other to a standstill essentially and then are driving alongside one another and once again as i say the i think it's zartan who says stay abreast of him their main guns don't point forward and don't traverse and thrasher fires back with yeah well so do ours yeah <laughs> And then, yeah, I mean, I think cross-country at that point is spray, spray him with a smaller, sm I've forgotten my accent. Spray him with, the, spray him with the small arms fire. Don't even attempt it, Stephen. <laughs> spray him with so, the small arms fire. Shut up your face. So, yeah, I mean, while, while I really appreciate Rod Wiggum illustrating this, this bizarre vehicle in these pages, um, it doesn't really establish itself as a firm love on the pages of the comic book it's just as mm. you say paul it's just there mm. but they definitely so a push for the uh, the toy toyetic nature of it i mean they show off the feature of the uh well slaughter calls it the utility flyer which is basically the, the hovercraft that spits out the the butt of this mm. <laughs> <laughs> the hover, which is interesting i don't know if that, that name gets retained at all i guess larry just wanted to give it a cool more realistic military sounding name than whatever the toy marketing cooked up. Well, if you give it a name, it's, it becomes an actual thing. So that's, a, mm. you know, that helps a lot. Um, yeah, which kind of brings me to, and I feel like this will segue into some other stuff, but when was the first time you guys like actually encountered the havoc like when was the first time you saw it like in the catalog that was the first time you saw it in the catalog comic animated series or in real life or as a box or like how did you guys encounter this vehicle i feel like probably for me the first time was in the animated movie um at least in its original form because in catalogs i think the the its major appearance at least for me i think was in the the catalog that we covered um where it's mm. the the sky havoc um which you can kind of like piece it together like oh that's similar to that one um, but I think it was well featured in the, in, in the movie. It's probably one of the highlights for me from the movie. I mean, I've, I've often been like, the movie's too sci-fi. It's not Joe Judge enough. But at least I had an awesome vehicle as one of the main vehicles they used in the movie. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the, mm. the cartoon where I first saw it. 
Same Rob, here, and I don't think I made the association that that Paul, green thing on the screen was the same vehicle as this guy Havoc. I think repaints, they sailed clearly over my head back then. I hate to admit it, but it's the same here. Yeah. I must mm. have seen the Havoc like a, a thousand times going through that catalog. And then not realize the that Havoc. the thing in the movie and the Sky Havoc were the same thing like so rob had rob an is issue just like rob got it <laughs> rob had an issue of action force weekly uh, the one which features uh, snake eyes version two and hawk version two sort of shooting at a rattler that's flying behind them inside yeah. that issue was a pullout sort of mini poster slash advertisement for the cobra rattler and the action force havoc um, it was basically a, a, a dio comic shot using the toys. And it closely hmm. matches the Action Force uh, commercial that also promoted those two vehicles side by hmm. side. And so that was the first time I'd laid eyes on the toy. Um, of course, it was not the US release of the toy, which I feel like is an issue that we are going to get into very shortly. But I think <laughs> we also would like to, at this point, for a massive props to our man Cosmetaxis of 3D Joe's and his collaborators for presenting probably the the best fan resource of any toy line under the sun. I mean, Absolutely. 3D Joe's is immaculately put together, so user friendly, and if you're a Joe fan, surely you know about this resource. If you don't, you need to discover it right fast. This content is not sponsored. Just saying. <laughs> this hey, is man, pure we love. Do, we do it for the love because Carson's a great yeah. guy. Um, and we've had the pleasure of meeting him, actually, which I, I'm, I'm yeah. thrilled to say. Um, so he's a great guy in terms of the work that he puts out. <laughs> Operation Recall, 3D Joe's, to name but two tent poles. But he's a great guy in the flesh as well. And he has presented to us the 3D spin of the Havoc. If you don't have the toy in front of you, this is perhaps the next best thing. All the angles you could possibly want, all the features plainly exposed for the eyes to see. And this is exactly where we want to go to continue our deep dive into this strange vehicle. What is it? Is it a tank? Is it a support vehicle? Is it artillery? Is it a recon vehicle? Is it everything? Everything your imagination could possibly want? Yes. Answer three. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like it's 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 GI Joe's response in in a way to the to the his tank, um, mm. you know they're both kind of like confronted by a seemingly um, you know vulnerable glass. Um, they're both mm -hmm. meant to be very fast, um, you know they've got huge cannons on the top, you know cannons of a size on top, but the Havoc has that advantage of the little deployable vehicle as well, um, and I suppose they can well yeah, can it hold more people? I don't think it can. Um, especially if you take if you, if you take advantage of the well, if you take advantage of the you know the lifting out the turret, you can shove tons of characters into the hiss. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, yeah, I suppose that. Token, you, you can shove tons of characters into the cavity left by the Havoc's um, utility flyer. <laughs> yeah. that. But maybe the we'll hovercraft. get some clues as to what the Havoc is by reading the box back blurb. Ooh. This roving vehicular fortress is an extremely versatile machine with pivoting dual track system for the toughest terrain. 
It's part of the new modern army G.I. Joe collection of vehicles, weapons, figures, and accessories. Use it to help G.I. Joe defend democracy and battle his evil enemy, Cobra. Okay, that last bit is just pure hype. But it's a vehicular fortress? Wow. Hmm. Pun punching a bit above its weight, I'd say. Yeah, especially when you have produced other actual larger pieces that are more fortress-like than this one. I think my first impression of it was it, it's, it's actually quite modestly sized. Considering mm. all that it contains and all that it, that it can do, it actually kind of, there's not much to it. It's like a, a base piece of plastic onto which other things are clipped. It's not mm. a top half and a bottom half like a, a Mauler tank. So it's pretty thin in the gills, if I'm, if I'm being honest. But it really maxes out on features. Well, I love that picture on the on the box art where they kind of feature the, how many characters you could actually shove on. <laughs> That's I ridiculous. Think it, I think it does beat his tank. I mean, they've used every single peg <laughs> on the side of this thing. That, it looks like a zombie. Yeah, it looks like a zombie movie. You know, like it looks zombies like trying to jump in. The, it's it's ridiculous. But that was like a thing. I mean, I remember like even on the Warthog box, it said can carry up to ten figures. Okay, which the Warthog can. Um. But, you know, come at least, I think on the war targets, at least what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, comfortably. You know? So it's seven comfortably and three outside. So, or four Actually, outside. nine comfortably. Nine. Oh, six six yeah. in the back. oh yes, you can put the two. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's six in the back to the two little people in the driver. So nine. Look, the yeah. box tarts that the Havoc carries up to 12 figures. Hmm. I mean, yeah, that's, that's real crazy. It's a, absolute party hanging off the back there and you certainly can't launch the utility flyer with all those guys on the back <laughs> ah! and i love how they like got their accessories dude like check absolutely. uh dalton's got his backpack um yeah. in footloose's face did you guys ever do that with your gi joe vehicles like actually attach figures to the foot pegs Yes, actually. Uh, yes, but not to that degree. Like you'd maybe put no. one or two on there, kind of dudes, like uh, almost realistically hanging on, you know. Um, yeah. Because I mean, that's what you I always see in war it. movies a lot of the time. You know, I mean, tanks they really would shove a ton of people on top of those things. You know. Yeah, you'd uh, sit on top. Transport people more, more comfortably, and I suppose easier. Um, I think tankers, if I'm not mistaken, like because it's so hot in there. Um, a lot of the times, like it's the driver and the gunner that would stay inside, and the radio guy and the other dude, or the engineer, or whatever. Sometimes they would sit on top and they would like have kind of they'd switch around with the tank driving chores. I've heard of that. I don't know how true that is, but I've heard of guys doing that. I'm thinking it gets more about there. the accompanying infantry. Like it sure beats marching everywhere. Just hits your ride on this gigantic piece of iron. It's probably that yeah. too. Mm. And you also got those ropes. Sometimes some tanks have like a like rope on them, which is like, you know, so sometimes I think guys would hang on that. They're probably not allowed to, but they did. Should we talk a little bit about cross country guys? Yeah, fun yeah. little figure. Does anything um, stand out on his phone? Good guy. The uh, fact that he looks like, sorry, the fact that he looks a little bit like a Mahoney from Police Academy. I don't know why. He looks very different on his file card than he does in figure, actually. And in the cartoon as very well. Very different person. 
I think the cartoon is close. The, the cartoon version is a little bit closer to his appearance on the Falcon, but it is very, very different. Um, it's cool. He's from I, North Carolina. That's kind of cool. I just can't help but like cool. see him as like mini Bart, and I don't mean Simpson. <laughs> like he does look like like our good friend Mr. Bart. Oh, now that you he does, he does look a bit like Bart. I mean, maybe just a bit plumper in the face. Certainly, and not as tall and not as like intimidating as Bart. But um, yeah, he does look a bit like that. I I I hope you I hope you see this now. (laughs) Like my hammock a lot more now. What are you you doing? (laughs) Bart bringing one of our longtime friends and supporter of the channel. For those who who are not in the don't know. know. Yeah, if you don't know Bart. And you're in the GI Joe community. Get to know Bart. He's a great guy. Come on. Um, Something that jumped out yeah. to me on the the file card, at least, is um, they've once again instituted something that I've always enjoyed about file cards that had this, and that's the qualification, the weapons kind of qualifications that these guys have, what they're experts uh, in operating, and it kicks off with the heavy laser cannon. Is that a reference to the Hell, the heavy artillery artillery laser? Well, I'd like to think so. I mean, what are the heavy laser cannons have come up before this? Unless they're referring to the heavy laser cannon of the Havoc? I mean, what is the, the, the giant gun that's attached to the vehicle? Mm, if not a heavy laser cannon. It's like Cobra Commander's gun. The giant hair dryers. The quote <laughs> is also cool because it does something that I also enjoy. It's when it, a file card references another character to Ooh. just build the team aesthetic. These guys aren't operating in isolation of one another. Because this file card compares cross-country to the previous wheelman of the team, and that's Crankcase from the 1985 series. It says oh. Crankcase might be a wild man behind the wheel of his oar striker, but cross-country will steer the havoc of his... What? Will steer that havoc of his across terrain that would break both axles of the RTV. Hmm. So not only do we have a reference to Crankcase and the oar striker, I mean, tough shit if you didn't have those toys... <laughs> we have a reference to something that you cannot have a toy of because they never produced a toy of it and this is how we know this is a, a Larry Harmer file card because he in fact references the RTV or rough terrain vehicle from all the way back in issue 6 and 7 of the Marvel comic that incredible what a deep cut <laughs> so I mean this file card if viewed in isolation as a child certainly and even as an adult, if you don't have, if you don't possess encyclopedic Stephen Jabber, G.I. Joeberg knowledge of G.I. Joe, <laughs> you, you'd be scratching your head about certain elements. Mm. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Even now, the, like the RTV, yeah, wait. The, the cartoon people didn't read this file card either because it has no mention of his absolute love of uh, music. Country. Mm. I think it was just an assumption because of where he came from, maybe. Or, or they just took the word country from his name. And they were like, he must <laughs> like country music. He's got to love country. I don't Everybody know what country is country because, music. you know, we're in California and we've never, you know, left the city. So what the hell is a cross country? You know, California is <laughs> famous for our pizza. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, damn, there's a thing on this vehicle I'm dying to talk about. And I'm, I'm kind of hoping the blueprints will kind of, I don't know, maybe shed some light it's on gonna it. It's going to spark it off, my dude. But this is where um, we get all our answers. So um, who's going to get all technical with this thing? Because 
I, what I want to talk about are these big guns. You asking about the big guns, and that is, of course, point eleven. Oh, skipping ahead. Yeah, well, we don't have to go through each and every one of these points. A lot of it <laughs> is pretty banal. Like, yeah, it's got vents for the hover pad. Fine. Yay, um, thank you. <laughs> yeah. The gun, or guns, are leveler dual recoilless 75mm cannons. Or cannon, if you prefer that as your plural. So 75mm yeah. puts them a fair bit behind the, the main gun of a battle tank. Mm. They're more in line with anti-aircraft guns or yeah, light artillery. Well, like the fact that they articulate means that they can definitely take on aircraft. Mm-hmm. For sure. So thank God it can do that. Um, and and I kind of... Oh, I saw the word epoxy somewhere. Non-clogging epoxy armor track. Okay, that's cool. Um, yeah, it's pretty fancy. Okay, right. And yes, by the way, it's not glass in front. It is a impact-resistant tilt back canopy. That's what it is. So it's, it resists oh. impact, so you don't have to worry. The Joes are protected under that canopy of reinforced glass. Good force fields, okay. Force fields. Force um, fields. Whoever wrote the copy for this blueprint was having... A few laughs because there's some tiny little, little t- oh, there's some great little like quote that they, they, they've given almost everything a name yes anytime you see parentheses or oh, sorry um quotation marks uh Stop someone's having having a good time yes the um the sort of arms that the guns are attached to that give it that kind of articulation mm. are called soft rock <laughs> <laughs> what is it called soft rock recoil compensation adjustment yeah. the seat itself mm-hmm. the suicide chair as i like to call it here they call <laughs> it the high command ergo fit gun seat <laughs> so ergonomic fit but the fact that it's kind of really really positioned very high, high above the vehicle it's it's a high command and they, they saw fit to put hawk in that seat um, and i mean you... no one gets shot and killed in gi joe no, so never. Put your, put your general in this death. Well, it looks like Hawks is going to shit himself. <laughs> Good thing and whoever named, named the dual cannons, I mean, they're very confident of how powerful those things are because, as you said, they're called the leveler mm. uh, 75mm cannons. So they're like, yep. these things are designed to completely destroy anything that you're coming up against. What makes, um, well, I suppose you still get recoil on a recoilless gun. But um, point 10, as we've outlined, calls those arms recoil compensation adjustment. And then the very next point, we learn that this is a dual recoilless 75mm. <laughs> so, um, okay. yeah, overcompensating. <laughs> yeah, man. You could, I don't know, you could place an egg on top of these guns. It's just the egg would not roll off. It wouldn't wobble. But maybe well, it does now because they've gone and messed it up now. Well, they, they could be future-proofing it if they ever had to up, upgrade the havoc, no, you know, no. they could, to 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 bigger guns that that cannot be recoilless because of their design. Um, it would, yeah, it would be future-proof. You can continue to improve this vehicle as you go along. Interesting. Lose the gun chair, take away the two turrets, make one central big cannon, and all of a sudden you've made this into, I guess, the maggot. Yeah, maggot. Or, yeah, there you go. You really could. I mean. 
it it does kind of feel like it's a platform for almost anything. I mean, if if you think about the way that you've described it, essentially it's a base plate and you just pop other stuff on top of it. And because of the way that it has like the front and the, and the back, um, uh, I suppose, wheels or tracks as well, kind of, you can, you can think of the back as completely modular. So you could really, wow, possibilities we could have had with this thing. I mean, you could even like imagine this thing as a kind of a fire engine kind of vehicle as well. Um, like, uh, no, and it sounds random, right? But if you no, had to like paint this, if you had to paint this up red, replace these cannons with some kind of water-based thing, they could have even made like a water squirting feature or something um, mm. and made this like a barbecue's weapon and then have like a hover anti-fire control thing going on here. It could have, you know, it's kind of very modular in that respect. You could have also, I think, even... I mean, obviously, I want to see a Tiger Force version of, like, everything. Um, but there's a lot <laughs> happening here. But And I know we're going to definitely be talking about the toy itself in detail. We're working up there, folks. We, You know, this is just so that, you know, to give you a chance to get your toys out and, and join us. But I do really want to get into this, the so-called anti-recoil um, bar soft or rock. whatever they call it. Soft rock anti-recoil <laughs> thing. Because... I think there's something that's meant to happen with this figure, that, uh, with this vehicle that isn't happening. Mm. And mm. yeah, budget cuts. The oh. last thing I want to talk about on the blueprints or call attention to is the back machine guns are nine millimeter auto loaders, and then the front weapons we find out are not grenade launchers; they are also machine guns. But these are in the 7.62 millimeter size. Oh. Baffles me because why would you have a vehicle that has machine guns of comparable sizes, but not the same size ammunition? Maybe yeah. the gun nuts in the audience can answer that for me because it seems illogical that you're gonna have one size bullet loaded into your rear firing guns, one size bullet loaded into your front firing guns, and perhaps even a third size bullet loaded into the uh, the utility flyer. Let's see. That's called. Oh, those are sorry. Those are seven point six two millimeter computer synchronized machine guns. Then what are the ones in the front? There isn't an information point for that. Scroll down. Isn't it written on the back of the box? Mm. Oh, you're right. There is no information point in the blueprints for them. We're That's wild. Let's see I think... what it says. Pivoted forward and rear guns. Okay, it's, oh. it's nebulous. And mm. Forward and okay. rear guns. What do they mean by that? So, That's are weird. we to assume that both of the guns are like seven point five mils? Seven point six two. My apologies. Well, they um, definitely say that the guns that face backwards that articulate are nine millimeter, and they definitely say that the guns on the auto on on the utility flyer are seven point six two millimeter, and that leaves us wondering what these front guns are all about. So, then they can be grenade launchers. The, only, the thing that makes sense to me for these front guns, if they are indeed like machine guns, although the the cavities seem too big for it to be a nine millimeter machine gun, mm. um, is that they're anti personnel. I mean, these are basically meant to saw people out of the way. This doesn't feel like an anti ordinance kind of machine gun. Oh, make them flamethrowers, then. <laughs> yeah, that would work. Yeah, that that's the kind of thing, you know, I'm thinking of, like, they either shoot flamethrowers or hot custard or whatever, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of saw them as laser, as like kind of plasma guns as well, like that kind of vibe going. And I kind of feel like these big guns here are also kind of that because of the uh, hairdryer uh, front, which is much like, you know, Cobra Commanders. So that's that's an interesting thing. It's very sci-fi uh, in that respect. And also, um, I got my Storm Shadow uh, post, uh, like, station on my vehicle like this and he's holding one of these guns oh and that makes a lot of sense to me because of the grooves in the actual gun itself it seems like they didn't want you to actually like clip a biggest fingers on there but it just seemed like enough for you to get like a grip on there mm. but i wonder how like that works i wonder if it's got like a like you pull it back a little bit in real life whatever's and then you like uh, with it i don't know but yeah also interesting is that all of the most intense ordinances at the back. Like, I'm curious, who do you have driving on your Havoc, Rob? Oh, I have Cross Country. Well, it's just, it well, actually no one's on it currently because I was I just took everyone off to uh, to have it ready for the camera. So I didn't ah. actually. There's no one in here right now because I was like, be be camera ready for the for, you know for for the episode. So, but typically yes, it's just Cross Country inside here. Um, I try not to display this. I keep it inside a, a cupboard so it doesn't get as dusty as most of my other vehicles do. <laughs> so I just I want to celebrate my new. I'm yeah, I mean, guys, I've got. I got a havoc. <laughs> you do. Yeah, you do. I got a havoc. Thank you, Stephen. Um, hey, and I wanted to celebrate that I got a havoc for Christmas with um, the Burke Force. You know, with Steve and Rob myself on it hey. oh yes and so you Steve... put shockwave storm shadow and scoop scoop, scoop. yeah perfect joeberg havoc oops sorry here we go <laughs> <laughs> my plugs are very loose unfortunately so if, if, if i have... change my position all right boys it's <laughs> time to out. talk about the merits of the toy itself mm. well hey the meat that one Yes, on screen right now, we have the Action Force version, which I've always been partial to. It has the red accents and the deeper green colorization, which Rob says looks painted. Yeah, for some reason, maybe it's the quality of the plastic is, is different, but to me, it does look painted compared to the plastic of the American version. <laughs> um, and Paul also um, did, also describes the, the two Havocs in an interesting way as well. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I called the American version the Michelangelo, and the Action Force one is the Raphael, because they are colored like the uh, like their namesakes from Ninja Turtles. Yeah, so. two more, and we'll have a have a full team. Yeah, a blue and sort of olivey green one, and yeah, that would be interesting, actually. Yeah. And maybe like maybe a purple havoc with green missiles for like the Donatello. <laughs> That would be so cool. Guys, I'm I'm also surprised that this never became an eco warriors vehicle. Yeah, because the cannons feel like they could actually be, you know, like water cannons or something. Or some yeah. sort of a gas spraying thing that to um counteract radiation or something. It just feels so at home being like neon orange in color with mm. some kind of like effect. And like, I know that we're probably going to mention it, but I just want to mention it now while it's still fresh in my head. But 
I think in the G.I. Joe video game, the Rise of Cobra, um, you get to use a Havoc, but it's got a closed canopy. So it's got an armored canopy that's not glass. If I'm, I, I could be misremembering it. I know that there's a Snowcat-esque vehicle in there as well, also with yeah. the closed canopy. And, and so... Tiger Force for... Uh... Yeah. yeah. And it's cool, man. Like, I wonder if... I wonder if that, that was ever, like, a consideration to make this an Eco-Force vehicle. I think it would have been so good. It's an Eco-Force Eco vehicle. please. Eco-Warriors. keep calling it Eco-Force. Why do I keep Whoa. calling it... What's the Eco-Force? <laughs> there is yeah, no Eco-Force. Convention Force. Club. That, that, that's oh. what they call it. Didn't want to call them eco warriors for some reason, guys. I once postulated, and it still seems to have some weight that this has There's a very a pull train, train, train like structure. Like yeah. the fact that it articulates both front and back treads, and they don't steer like conventional tanks. You know, tanks they use uh, differential speed on right and left track in order to execute a turn. Whereas this thing, it's more like a, I don't know, like a, a sort of eight-wheeler armored car or amphibious vehicle in kind of mm. the, the two front wheels articulate separately to the two back wheels. Or what am I saying? The four front wheels articulate differently to the four back wheels. So it's got a lot, all that going on. But the fact that it can do these very tight turns also gives it another ability. And you spoke about this offline, Paul, but it can yeah. strafe. Yeah, it can drift. Yeah. That's them furious. <laughs> I'm in little Tokyo. That's them furious. <laughs> I mean, the fact that the treads attached to these thin posts, well, they're not thin. But relatively speaking, they're not meaty. You know, this is a very rickety thing. This has been my criticism of this from the start. Like, it's it's pretty insubstantial. It maxes out on features, but it is a thin wafer of vehicle. Mm. We were we were talking, I think, offline. I don't think we mentioned the episode, but um, it's unfortunate there weren't more versions of this produced. You know, like a Night Force version, um, as we just mentioned now, an Eco force version <laughs> um, and i think i think the reason for that is because it is such a complex vehicle it has a lot of parts to it you know um and lots of different plastic colors and lots of things that kind of have to be clipped together to complete the vehicle so i think it's probably one of the reasons why it wasn't produced um well we have multiple different versions of it is because it, it really is a, a fairly complex little vehicle to you know, to manufacture, um, I imagine. Maybe, maybe it was something like as silly as the mold got broken. Maybe it's something like that. <laughs> maybe maybe the guy... to you, Rob, by saying, I think that the Havoc is, is a budget vehicle. I think it's far more inexpensive to create a Havoc than a Mauler. And I'm not necessarily talking about the, the battery feature. I'm just saying, like, just in terms of plastic usage. Yeah, but that's a lot of parts. Like, there's a lot of parts that have to come together. And yes, maybe it is easier to produce smaller pieces and, you know, to allow the customer to pop them all together. Um, because, I mean, if you look at the uh, instructions for the Havoc, it came in many, many smaller pieces. Um, and it, right. it was a, it was a really, it looks like it was a really fun process, actually, to put it together um, originally. Um, well, something like, yeah, like a Mobat or something like that, 
I think that has a lot less parts. You know, mm. it, it's, it's just a couple of, um, you know, molds that you produce, like, boop, the top and bottom pump, there's a, a cannon or something, boop, 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 and you're done. Well, this it, there's a lot of separate pieces. Um, Do you guys find this, that the the control sticks in the cockpit just, yeah. set way too far forward? Yeah, I was going <laughs> to, I wanted to say that. Sorry. You've got to be reaching all the way forward in this kind of yoga pose almost, downward facing dog. <laughs> Stick your ass in the air. Well, it's not so the that first was something... vehicle. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the first vehicle to do that. Yeah, sorry. Rob, go for yeah, it. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to say. It's not the first vehicle that, that, that uses the kind of like lying down position for the, <laughs> for the the drivers. I mean, the shark famously has it as well. So I suppose yeah. like, yeah, we can get away with it in this, you know. Um, and because all of the gorgeous visibility and it's all wasted. No one's looking, looking at it. Face down. <laughs> at least there's one small concession that was made here though for that like i think they they understood that and they try to give it the, like that dip in the inside you know so you have to kind of bend the figure's legs like that to put them in mm. and it kind of makes it make more sense like they try to make it more canonical in that respect i also and guys you if you have a havoc and you've never really looked and i have been scrutinizing this toy because uh because it's my new toy and um inside i love that there's like a like it looks like a foot control inside like inside the, mm -hmm. the where the feet go in the canopy and they're on the correct on they're both on the same side so it's symmetrical inside the vehicle so both uh drivers pilots uh operators uh mm. have that but so i wonder like i love that little detail being there as well it's just it's a cool little detail for in here so yeah okay fine they're lying down but at least there's a lot of interesting visual stuff going on and I find with my scoop, somehow I've managed to get scoop in a great position to almost get close enough to those to those handles. Um, even though they are quite still quite a bit far ahead, I just feel like this is a very natural pose. I managed to get him in there. But also all the juicy detail inside the cockpit is just very, very cool and kind of adds a bit more of a premium feel to the vehicle itself. Mm. And I know and I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but something about the havoc I find pretty remarkable uh not not necessarily something that makes the vehicle remarkable just something remarkable about this as a toy when you look at it from the side like that it looks so chunky and it, yeah, it does look kind of i was going to say as well and it does have such a great illusion it does create such a great illusion but then you move it like steve's got in the footage there you move it a little bit like the cannon up a bit and then it seems a little bit more skeletal and I, I gotta say, like the port side and starboard side of this vehicle, definitely not the most attractive uh, silhouettes for the vehicle or for the toy, should I say? The vehicle, it's a different story. But put this thing in like a three quarter angle like that, and it just looks awesome. Or you know, like a three quarter high, or I don't know. It just it's just got such a good look to it, and that's why I always feel like you should really only judge a toy, a GI Joe vehicle's merit on your own experience with it on your own like kind of naked eye experience because the havoc i've always found intriguing and interesting um my whole life until i encountered one for the first time and that was and i gentlemen i don't know if this was your first time but my first time encountering this vehicle was uh when we were in the states and rob got joe one Fist, joe con he got 2018 joe con that's and right I and i saw one of these and it was with us in the murder cabin um paul and i just gonna stop playing with your toy rob we're gonna stop playing with your toy man like 
it was just i was just fascinated by this thing i was like wow this thing is so premium feeling and yep i, I think that it. is the recurring theme that we can in our adult brains criticize this thing to high heaven for as hokey as it is but once you start to play with it you realize how much childhood joy is packed into this thing it, it is absolutely mm. maxed out on features a mauler is an impressive toy it's realistic mm. it has a realistic feature your figures are enclosed by it protected by it cocooned by it they go into those hatches and they completely disappear but there's a definite ceiling to how much fun that you can have with the stock standard mauler whereas this thing it's fun in the front it's fun in the middle. It's fun in the back. It's just fun. <laughs> it's just party, fun. party, party. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. Right the way through. And so anyone who I've spoken to who has who has actually actual childhood memories of playing with this thing, just tell me that like it was their main vehicle. They had mm. the other stuff, the more realistic stuff. But this, once they had this, it was like you loaded it up with guys. And off you went to the bottom of the garden. Dun, 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 dun. And also, we, earlier we mentioned um, other media appearances of the Havoc, but we failed to mention our own uh, production where we featured the Havoc as well as the um, Thunder Blazing Machine. Sand. Blazing Sands. So we, we, we definitely, um, yeah, we featured it in there. You got to see a lot of the cool features that the Havoc does have. Um, and I think we, we put forward a very good example of, of what the Havoc can do in the field, in, in our own production. Um, I just thought I'd throw that out there. I mean, we, I we think have a that story was very, about it. That was brother used the strafe maneuver. The strafe yeah, maneuver. the strafe maneuver is definitely in there. Strafe maneuver. And this is also like one of its greatest like little hidden features as well. And I see, unfortunately, 3D Joe's didn't really like put a spotlight on this, but I love, oh, sorry, the ejection seat for Shockwave. I caught him with my foot. Amazing. Um, what do you but love? I love, oh. yep, yep. Love this engine inside the middle, midsection. The the engine cover fits like really snugly over there. It's actually, I actually think if somebody first gets this vehicle um, without having seen the blueprints or anything, I don't think many people would realize you could remove that. I think they would just think that was there. But then you do, and it's and juicy. There it is. True it's story. It's so juicy. Um, that, that really hits home because a member of the Berg Force, after I did a quick review of my Havoc when I first got it in hand, um, shot back and said, I didn't know the Havoc had that engine cover. And I've owned, <laughs> it. I'm, I've owned a Havoc for a fairly long time. It's and it's it probably also because yours doesn't come with the engine cover. So, I mean, like the engine is literally, oh, I'm, I'm saying it's unfortunate for you, but it's fortunate for all the people who watch that video because now they have this realization of like, wow, there is a cool extra detail in this vehicle that I never knew about. So rad. So, I'll get an engine cover eventually, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the cool thing, uh, another cool thing here is like, uh, you know, okay, this is where being an adult uh, kind of counts against you sometimes with toy stuff. You sometimes get too scared of messing with a toy because you're scared you're going to break a tab or break something. 
So mm. I'm pretty sure there are some guys out there who saw this and were like, I wonder if that's removable and maybe just over the passage of time it's just gone a little bit more stuck because even this one is like a little it's quite firm and they're like and then like let me, let me not mess with it so yeah if you guys don't know about it please check this out there's a lot of play potential there you can bring clutch in there you can bring quick kick and they can be, like fix up the engine or something uh even bring old cover goal in there if you've got one you can have make a falcon, party out of it have your falcon slap jinx's ass yeah yeah <laughs> And then, oh, guys, the the feature that made me fall in love, uh, uh, made, made me fell in love with this toy. Ooh, yes. Oof, guys, this on the what? utility vehicle, the hover vehicle. Why is Storm you Shadow sitting so high in yours? <laughs> oh, because I had him mounting the gun break his uh, knees. on the turrets. That's why. I had him. I had him mounting the turrets, but I'm just gonna. I just took him out for this example, guys. This, I love this so much it is such <laughs> side a cool vehicle. side the side oh, to side this... slide of the fans underneath the utility oh fire. it's so cool it is just ah and it's Once okay mine's again, actually it's a hidden feature isn't it i mean it's yeah of... yeah Thought it's of. completely unexpected i mean you wouldn't have expected it to have that feature you know it's it's just a, a tiny little thing that they just added in there you know it's like okay let's give this thing a little you know did they need to add this no No. am i glad they did yes does it make the vehicle cooler yes 100 100 this is beautiful thank you um gives you some idea of how it steers kind of like a quad quadcopter yeah like yeah whiffs around oh it's so cool like it's great thank you like and they could have just gone like with boosters, but they've gone with props, like, and that's cool. Yeah. You know, like, ah, it's such a clever little design. Just it's more, really enjoying more this. More fuel efficient to use fans than uh, jet engines. Yeah, so, that's true too. So, a, a quick fire question. Um, Ooh. so the GI Joe line has a lot of vehicles that have like little mini vehicles that come off them. So here we have the Havoc. Uh, the Bug has has an example of this. The um. The Avalanche Night from later on, Night Raven, the Raven, yeah. the Rhino from a lot later on, um, yep. as well as uh, oh god, I've gone blank on the other <laughs> the, the other Cobra well, <laughs> underwater thing. What is it called again? Hammerhead. 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 <laughs> oh, that's is just it a Cobra Hammerhead. Subs just clicked on. Oh, a little sounds, but it has that little thing right on the top that can come off too. Oh, yeah. If yeah, if you had to, if you had to choose your favorite, um. Tell me why it's the havoc. <laughs> um, dude, dude. Um, I think the havoc just builds itself around the feature so nicely mm. because it it is installed into it. It's not just stuck on top. Yeah, like the Night Raven drone or like all of the Hammerhead add-ons. I suppose the closest that comes to it. It's probably well, at least within the 1994-1982 run, is the Avalanche you you mentioned earlier? Yeah, that's kind of slotted in. Yeah, slotted um, in. Yeah. Mm. But this one but has it's, like it's a cool it's feature, a where feature. It opens it, up. Like, yeah, you you don't know it's there until it until it's in your face. Because the guy back there could just as easily be just the weapons control guy for the two machine guns and the four mm. missiles. Yeah, we haven't really addressed why they're facing backwards. 
And I once posited that this thing should be able to move forwards and backwards equally. Like you can, you can exchange controls and have the guy who's on the, the hover vehicle basically driving the tank in his direction. I think that makes using perfect the missiles sense. And machine you guns. Know, because of the fact that it has these tank tracks as its, as its you know, movement method, I think it could definitely go backwards. I mean, the fact that we can strafe with it, I think this thing can go in any direction it needs to go in. It's also it's meant to be very fast. So I mean, if if it's going very fast, um, yeah, you kind of attack things as you as you go at it very quickly, and you can kind of like retreat, and you're still sort of firing at the guys behind you. Um, yeah, that was my yeah, thinking. Yeah, it's a very too. tricky little vehicle. I think it's filled with tricks. You know, it goes backwards and forwards. It can release that little vehicle at the back. Um, it can raise the cannon, so you, like you you don't even see this thing. It comes you know up a little hill. The cannon comes up, and can reverse on out and. It's a very versatile vehicle. And I think because it looks so unique as well, especially in the whole, I mean, G.I. Joe vehicle pool, I think it, it stands out as kind of like a the G.I. Joe vehicle, especially if you, if you mm. own one. And if you've ever seen this thing, you're like, yeah, that's that's G.I. Joe. I think if you see a Havoc, like that's it. You know, his tank is Cobra and, and Havoc is, is G.I. Joe. Because it's not just a big green tank. There's something mm -hmm. very signature about it. It's not... Mm. It's not contemporary to something that exists in the real world. Yeah, this is pure GI Joe military fantasy. Absolutely, I think. Mm. Yeah, this you know, and there's no Cobra. There's also no Cobra facsimile. Like there's no Cobra colored version, like like the Stinger. You know, or, yeah. Mm, Although that's something cool. we said we would have loved to see. I mean, I think a, a Cobra. Uh, I suppose a. What the hell Sorry, is that thing called again? <laughs> the Python Patrol version of Can you imagine a Python Patrol? Could be version fun. Of Heck but, yeah! But but then it's, then it's interesting because I think the His three um, has that hit that feature that lifts up the hit comes mm. up. It's just an abomination. But I feel like that in its own way is trying to be like the Havoc. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like that's copying the Havoc. Um, absolutely, Destro so tried to copy it as well. I think. You know, this the, vehicle that falls apart. With the spoiler. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that one. Spoiler, the, um, Demon. Demon. Demon, thank you. Yeah, which is also like a fun vehicle. Um, so uh, my my theory, there's two driving positions inside the Havoc, right? So there's mm -hmm. two. So in my mind, I kind of feel like one of them is in control of forward movement. So one guy on his screen... All he sees is everything that makes sense going forward. And the other one, everything he sees is stuff making sense going backwards. So they have mm. to communicate. <laughs> and so when he's driving it, even though his body is feeling the vehicle going backwards and stuff, it's like playing a video game. He knows exactly. He's only uh. controlling what the back of it sees. So that kind of makes sense to me because having two drivers in there is a little redundant. And then I was like, well, why do they have that redundancy? And... Yeah, and you got rear-facing guns and missiles, so maybe that's maybe that's the reason. Maybe like one guy controls it going backwards, and if that's not the reason, that's certainly my reason. That's what mm. make, like works for me. I, I I just and it's I know it's so like hokey, but the more I think about it, the more I'm like yeah, that actually really makes makes sense. perfect so cool. sense. <laughs> of course, <laughs> I put myself on the back or anything. There um, is a <laughs> contingent of people that would say the gun chair, the high command has oh, um, the ability to, to to steer the vehicle to drive it 
Interesting. We're just giving everyone the ability to move this thing. Everyone inside <laughs> it, the guy on top of it, the guy in the little, you know, jet at the back. I think I kind of the guy in the back. He's all like, guys. You know. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't. I want to drive now, guys. Well, <laughs> they drive past the McDonald's while they're on a road trip or like Wendy's. And he's like, hey, guys, I'm going to, like, let's stop, guys. Why is my brain no, not working? We're going to Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, <laughs> you know, uh, not a true well, story James, or anything. This has been an absolute delight, but I think it's time to start wrapping things up for our yeah, first yeah. podcast of 2024. Oh, my goodness. and what a fantastic start, guys! The I Havoc feel like is 38 years old, <laughs> and and I feel like there's something we're missing. I'm sorry, Steve, I know that we need mm. to like wrap it up because you know, mm. people's viewing time and their attention spans, but guys, <laughs> like, listen, I don't want to be like I mean, I love this toy and I love this vehicle and I'm sure that that much is evident uh, in this mm -hmm, podcast, mm -hmm. but it's not perfect. There are one or Ooh. two like very silly issues with this vehicle. And I just want to quickly highlight them because I feel like it wouldn't be fair and it wouldn't be comprehensive if I didn't do so. So um, my one, okay, has got a broken hit, uh, like a little bit of a broken tooth there for the, the back hatch here. So it kind of like flops open a lot, okay? This thing's always open for business, if you know what I mean. And that is something I need to obviously fix on mine. Um, and thankfully, it's not a very difficult fix. But I imagine that that is a fragile point on this vehicle. Like that's sensitive. I imagine these hinges are pretty sensitive. Steve mentioned earlier that these feel pretty dainty, although I got to say they do feel pretty strong for me. Although as a kid, if your kid brother or something tripped on this, pretty sure it would break around mm. there somewhere. Um, interesting locking feature here at the back um, that stops the wheels from moving completely. Love that, but you do have to make sure that the the teeth inside there are kind of the tabs do line up and they are in there correctly. And yeah, so that's something just to like be aware of. I'm sure most people's tow hitches are broken, but cool that it has a tow hitch. Um, I want to talk about the elephant in the havoc room. So I feel like this gun was designed to articulate. Um, or to, to at least shoot left and right. I've got yeah. a, I've got no evidence to back that up, other than the fact that it makes perfect sense. And I You're think they the had main trouble turret gun, the main gun, like, come on, yeah. yeah, which obviously can't turn left and right. It's kind of a bummer, but I think it would have just been a hinge here that would have been needed to kind of get that right. And I think maybe there were some issues with fabricating that or getting that approved or maybe getting the tooling done or something. I'd love to know the story behind why that is a thing because this to me is the only true glaring issue with a havoc um why can't it turn its gun i feel like that would have been a great way to do it um and that is honestly the one thing and then also i mean love it or hate it it's got a glass canopy i know some people don't think that i think it's great uh, because i like living in cartoon land with my toys um but i'm pretty <laughs> damn sure there's guys out there who have 3d printed complete canopies you know like completely covered and sealed up canopies so I sure, can that's back that up by saying I've seen plenty of customs that don't print a, a different canopy. You just basically paint over the glass wow. and make it. Um, and they've done, I suppose, a paint mask where they've got a, like a slit <clears> where <throat> you've got a little bit of a view slit. So they've left that transparent. I think a 3D printed version of that could be interesting because you could modify the top of the canopy to have like little um, hatches. Oh. Um, so it doesn't even have to open the way that you think it does. So the guys kind of just like slide in from the top, close the hatches, and then they're in there. 
and you can still have that cool design of the the slats at the front to make them more armored. Interesting. Yeah, that could be cool. You could even like glue styrene sheets. There's a lot of interesting stuff you can do here. But I've yeah, seen those that were. Too. The... I've seen sort of styrene sheets with sort of like rivet details. Mm. Oh, that's very cool. So it's a fantastic vehicle in its own right. It's a fantastic customization. Possibilities are almost endless. You can do whatever you want with this thing. You could even design Eco it. Warriors. Cannon can turn, you know. But you could I'm actually sure you do it a lot easier if you. If you kind of just change the way that this part up here attaches, you know, kind of like the, the gun part. So if you make this yeah. one one solid piece, and yeah. you kind of attach the gun on top of that and have it rotate. Yes, mm. there you, you go, know, Rob. That's there's another that's way of an elegant, that, that, that. That's a really elegant way to solve that problem. Yeah. So then now you wow. can shoot wherever you want instead of just with the you know seven point seven six guns at the back. <laughs> oh wait, no, these are nine millimeters, aren't they? Oops. Very oh, good, oopsie. <laughs> but yeah, guys, uh I mean th I Overall, think those are our thoughts on the havoc, yeah. Gorgeous vehicle. And I'm so happy that so, each of us has our own one now. And one so glad I have one. A proper one too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, sorry for Steve. Although Steve's not the only yeah. one, hey. Um uh buddy of, of the show, buddy of mine, uh Scott. Uh, who's uh, Mr. Joe Martha Joe's here in South Africa. He also preferred the Action Force one. He's also got a green and red uh, Action Force Havoc. And that was also... Well, hopefully, he hopefully he'll feel better version. one day and realize how good the original is. I did um, tell him he's sorry, wrong. Both. I'm sorry. Boys, I did tell him he's wrong, but uh, what do I know? I'm not going to get into the merits of which is a better version, <laughs> the United States or the European. But he knows. But he knows which is in better. every media appearance, be it comic book, cartoon, commercial, these points are colorized red and not orange. Wow, so. that's unfortunate they got those wrong in every single <laughs> yeah. Defined uh, to the last. I love it. But gotta be. I'm glad we have a had a havoc and good time. We have a king a good time. Nice Rob. <laughs> <laughs> the episode was definitely filled with a lot of chaos. This has been episode 307 of G.I. Joe Berg. We, of course, thank our patron subscribers. We thank Absolutely. our YouTube members, um, both of which I think will be getting early access to this episode. whoop de doo yeah. Enjoy so it, guys. You just can't wait. You too can to join for as little as $3 a month. Wow. Yeah, I don't have a high asking price, but uh, our philosophy has always been like, yeah, just toss us a buck. Um, yeah. Let's get that Berg force as big and strong and powerful as possible. Yeah, and Bruh. guys, yeah, thank you again for all of that because it does help us run things like StreamYard, helps us uh, with, okay, the Discord is not like a major feature, but it helps us run that. And, <laughs> and uh, you yeah, can get a hold of us anytime. Whoa. Yeah. So, so, it ain't nothing. All right. It ain't nothing, yo, but it's there. Yo, Joe Berg, everybody. Havoc, Havoc. Have a good time. Have a good time.